0: Welcome, and thanks for joining The Journey. Hi, my name is Leah, and I'm a worship pastor in Ohio and the creator and host of The Journey podcast and website. I'm on a journey to yes as I follow the Lord's leading in this season of my life, and I hope to inspire others to step out of the boat like Peter and walk on water, never looking to the left or right and getting distracted, but rather fixing your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. My hope is that you find Jesus in your journey as you hear about my journey and the journey of those in the Bible who join Jesus along the way. I pray that you allow him to meet you where you are and trust him as he takes you where he wants you to go. Enjoy the journey. Welcome to episode 36 of The Journey. Today's episode is a side road along the journey episode. It's really kind of a thematic one. Uh, again, I talked last week about the fact that I am doing some speaking in youth, and so I'm taking kind of the content that I'm pre- presenting there and making it applicable here because really I just feel like anytime you use anything from the Bible, it applies to everyone of all ages, no matter how you present the information. So today's journey episode is called Bad Company, Good Character. So before I get into the Bible and what the Bible has to say about bad company, good character, I guess you might say, since that's the title of the Uh, friendships, relationships, the potential for toxicity in those, if not making the best choices in who we decide to call friends, those that we let into the inner circle versus the outer circle, or those who are just merely acquaintances. So I thought I would start off with some quotes that popped out at me as I did a general search online about toxic relationships. So one quote says this, associate yourself with people of good quality, for it is better to be alone than in bad company. I found that one to be interesting because it's very similar to a scripture verse that I'm going to share in a little bit where I got the, the title, Bad Company, Good Character. So um, yeah, associate yourself with people of good quality for it is better to be alone than in bad company. Another one, sometimes the person you are willing to take the bullet for is the one who pulls the trigger. Yeah, that one hurts if you think about it. And I think probably if we all are really honest with ourselves, maybe somewhere along um, the line in our our lives we've had this experience where you thought you had your ride or die and you would have like this said, you would have taken a bullet for that person, but in reality that person was not who you thought they were and they ended up being the one to pull the trigger or kind of knife you in the back, so to speak, uh as as backstabbing goes. So next one, share your weaknesses. Share your hard moments. Share your real side. It'll either scare away every fake person in your life. Or it will inspire them to finally let go of that mirage called perfection, which will open the doors to the most important relationships you'll ever be a part of. I love this. This goes back to my episode on be authentic and vulnerable. Listen, if we can't share our weaknesses, our hard moments, our real side with the people that are in our lives, certainly they are not our people right if we have to have this mirage or this mask of perfection all the time like things are just great we're looking through rose colored glasses it's just not you know what it is we are portraying as reality right perception is reality so what what people are perceiving as real is not in fact that at all man that is just not the place to be so if you want the most important relationships that you'll ever be a part of in your life please share your weaknesses share your hard moments share your real side because that allows them the opportunity to be vulnerable in return, take off their mask of perfection, and become real with you as well. It's a great place to be. Love that quote. Next one. Fake friends show their true colors when they don't need you anymore. Man, anybody ever have people in your life that are just there because they need something for that moment? Yuck. That's not fun. Um, Another one. Be careful who you call your friends. I'd rather have four quarters than 100 pennies. Another one, the saddest thing about betrayal is that it never comes from your enemies. That's an interesting one right there to consider. That is that is so true. Another one, it's not about who is real to your face, it's about who stays real behind your back. I say this to my kids all the time. I said it to the teens on Sunday. If someone in your friend group who you consider a quote-unquote friend is constantly talking about someone else, in your presence, meaning their mouth is always filled with another person's name. You can guarantee that at some point in your relationship, your name will escape their mouth when they're not in your presence. I can promise you that right now. So be careful. Be cautious. Listen carefully to the people who speak around you. If they're always talking about somebody else, they're likely talking about you too. Yuck. Don't like that. Next one. Time alone can prove the worth of friendship. As time goes by, we lose the false ones and keep the best. True friends stay when all the rest are gone. I do want to point out for just a second is that I don't necessarily believe that we lose the false ones. I do think that there are seasons in life where some people are there for a season and for a reason And then they're not. That doesn't mean that they were fake or false friends. It just means that they were seasonal relationships. So I don't want you to mistake that for maybe something that you've experienced in your life as far as like, well, I had these friends and now they're not there. It doesn't mean that they were never true friends to begin with. It just could mean that your paths no longer cross in the same way. Therefore, not necessarily false, but seasonal. Anyways, just thought I'd point that out for just a second. So now I want to skip ahead to what the Bible has to say. There are so many choices out there, but I chose to stick with four of them specifically. So one comes from Proverbs. It says, a bad man spreads trouble. Now, I don't want you to think about, you know, a bad man. Just think about a person maybe of not of great character or or having some kind of, you know, character issue. Um, A bad man spreads trouble. One who hurts people with bad talk separates good friends. A man who hurts people tempts his neighbor to do the same and leads him in a way that is not good. Listen, negativity breeds negativity. If you're around somebody, like I said, who is always bad-mouthing somebody else or just talking about somebody else, or it's just negative, most likely it's going to end up becoming a toxic, negative environment, right? A person who hurts people tempts his neighbor or the people around him to do the same thing. Hurting people hurt people. You've heard that, right? All right. The next one comes from Psalms 41. It says, my enemies say bad things about me. They ask, when will he die and be forgotten? Now, that may not necessarily be true of you. People are probably most likely not saying that. However, this next part is what gets me. It says this. If they come to me, they don't say exactly what they're thinking. They come to gather a little gossip and then to go spread their rumors. Those who hate me whisper about me. They think the worst about me. They say he did something wrong. That's why he's sick. He will never get well. My best friend, the one I trusted, the one who ate with me, even he has turned against me. Man, that one is something to chew on for a little bit. And I don't even think, you know, it says enemies and those who hate me. I don't even think it has to be people who like hate or despise or would call you an enemy. I think it could, it could simply be, you know, some acquaintances or people in your, your work circle. Some people maybe even at church, unfortunately, some people that, you know, you see on the sidelines when you're sitting with, Uh, watching your kids play games or in in musicals and things like that, sometimes people just like juicy details. And so you got to guard your mouth and and protect some things that maybe you don't want other people to know. Because again, if if you are in someone's presence who talks about others, most likely whatever it is that you share, especially if it's something that's not... Maybe putting your best foot forward. Maybe you're being a little open and vulnerable. Most likely that information is going to travel to somebody else and you don't want that. You don't want that. Another one. This is where the title comes from. Uh, From 1 Corinthians 15. Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. This is one my mom preached at us over and over and over again when we were growing up. Bad company corrupts good character. And last one comes from Romans Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. And so I want to talk about this idea of not being conformed to this world, right? We're we're called to be in the world, but not of the world. I found this quote kind of exemplifying this, if you will, or uh, providing an example Christians are like the Gulf Stream, which is in the ocean and yet not part of it. This mysterious current defies the mighty Atlantic. It ignores its tides and flows steadily upon its course. Its color is different, being a deeper blue. Its temperature is different, being warmer. Its direction is different, being from south to north. It is in the ocean, and yet it is not part of it. We're called to be in the world, but not of it, right? We are called to be different. And so if everything we say and do feels and sounds, when I was sharing this with the youth, I was saying, if you smell like a sinner, you talk like a sinner, you walk like a sinner, what's the difference? You know, you can say you go to church all, all you want, but what's the difference, right? So we have to be in it, but not of it. You know, and Mark, it talks about how Jesus ate with sinners and publicans, right? And it said that people were like, I can't believe he's going to eat at the house of the sinner, Now, nearly everyone that Jesus associated with was an outcast, was a sinner. But I want to point out something. His relationship with them was not purely social. It was redemptive. I I watched a video one time on Instagram, and it was talking about this. This man was saying, essentially, you know, I went into the bar in the name of Jesus. I took 11 shots right alongside my buddy in the name of Jesus. And he's going, in the name of Jesus, you took 11 shots. Yeah, I wanted to be right there with my buddy, you know, talking about Jesus. So, you know, I I, got to walk this walk and I got to talk this talk. But he's like in the name of Jesus. So just because you uh, are in relationship with people who are not maybe living a lifestyle that might line up with the Bible. And I want to pause for just a second for anybody who's listening saying that I just said that drinking alcohol or taking shots does not line up with the Bible. That is a personal conviction. You must go to the board, ask the Holy Spirit to confirm within your heart and mind where you, how you feel about that scenario. Please don't take that out of context for what I'm saying. All I'm saying is this particular example, this pastor was saying, if you're going to walk into a place and you're going to do exactly what everyone around you is doing, but yet you're going to say you're doing it in the name of Jesus, what makes you different to where people are going to say, I want what you have? That's all I'm saying with that. So Jesus spent time with sinners. He did. That was his mission. It was relational. It was redemptive. It was not just for social purposes. So we are called to be in the world, but not of the world. So how do we keep our character, right? Jesus places people in our lives both to disciple and to disciple us as iron sharpens iron. We got to have people in our lives who are sharpening us, but we also must be discipling others. So how in the world can you do that if you're never around non-Christians, right? Unbelievers. God wants you to love everyone. He wants you to show kindness to everyone. He wants you to help everyone. If you don't have any non-Christian friends, those who believe in Jesus and walk that way according to the scripture and according to the word, right? You won't have anyone around you who needs to hear the good news. And isn't that why we're here? We are called to be salt and to be light. We are called to live a life that is sharing the good news with others so that they may come into relationship with Jesus. But your best friends, those who are closest to you, your inner circle people should be Christians. They should be strong believers. They should be filled with the Holy Spirit and living a way that sharpens you to be better. If you have people in your circle that go to church week in and week out, they claim to be Christians, but they see you do something that's not aligned with the word and they're not willing to put their neck out there and say, yo, that wasn't right. You you know better than that. Let's take that to Jesus. Let's reconsider. Who is your iron? Who is sharpening you and who are you sharpening, right? We have to be ready to seek and save all those who are lost. In order to do that, we must surround ourselves with people who are walking and talking and and praying and spending time in the word and doing the things that we know are what God has called us to do. However, we cannot, we cannot, we cannot avoid circles of people who don't know and love Jesus because that is what we are called to do is to disciple to seek and save all those who are lost and to, and to usher them into the kingdom, right? So some questions that I want to pose for you today are, who are your closest friends? Who would you consider are your inner circle people? Your two or three, right? When I, when I did the episode on, on friends and I said, find your, find your people from that book from Jenny Allen, who are your three closest? Remember Jesus had The three closest, then he had the 12, you know, the remaining 12 disciples, then he had the 75, right? Not everyone was privy to being in his inner circle that got all the details of his life, the real, raw, authentic Jesus, right? So who are those people for you? And then who would you say are your outer circle friends? Who are the other of the quote unquote 12 disciples, the remaining ones that you would share details with, that you would be able to call and ask to pray with you, but they are not your inner circle. So who who are those people for you? And then who would be your remaining, your acquaintances, people that you may sit alongside at games when you're watching your kids play, you may sit next to in the theater as you're watching a show choir competition or or a musical or something, maybe your kids are buddies. And so you meet up in a parking lot as you're swapping out for your kids, spending the night at, at the, another kid's house, whatever that may be. Maybe it's someone that you sit next to at church, but you don't necessarily uh, enter into a close relationship with who who are these people for you and do these people do these friends of yours do they draw you closer to god or do they maybe pull you away you know an example i used the other day when i was preaching this in in youth was i had a student stand on a chair and then i had two other students standing alongside the 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 person on the chair but they were on the floor and the person on the chair represented someone who was in relationship with christ someone who went to church every sunday every wednesday they read their bible they pray they're, you know, they love Jesus. I say, I love Jesus. Yes, I do. I love Jesus. How about you? They're those kind of people, right? The other two were their closest, best friends, but they did not love Jesus. They didn't follow. They may believe there's a God, but there was no relationship there. And so I had those two people pull on the arms of of the person standing on the chair. And I said, okay, go ahead, pull that person down. And of course, as you can imagine, it was easy for the two who were not in relationship with Jesus to pull down the one who was right. It's it's difficult to stand firm in your faith if your faith isn't firm, isn't firmly built on the foundation, and, and you know that you know what you believe and in whom you believe, right? So, do these people draw you closer, or do they like this example pull you down, pull you away? Are you influencing them to draw closer to Jesus, or do they even have any clue where you stand with him? Because you sound like them, you watch things like they watch, you do what they do, right? How do they know that you love Jesus? How how is it different? It's not like you're walking down the halls wearing a badge that says I'm a Christian. Are you? Nah, you're not doing that, right? You're not walking through. I mean, maybe you're walking through your workplace doing and saying that, but pro- most likely not. So what what things do you do? What things do you say? What things do you watch? How do you behave when you're? in a in a group and, and gossip starts happening, right? Do you join in and laugh and and add to the banter? Or do you try to quiet it down and say, no, thank you? Or do you leave the room? That's just an example. How, how do people know that you love Jesus? Does what you say, does what you do, does it leave a good taste of Jesus in their mouth? Or does it leave a sour taste like, and that's why I don't go to church because of that right there. I know for a fact there are people in your life that you can think of right now that say that they love Jesus, right? They go to church, but they do not leave a good taste of what that might be for you. And you want nothing to do with it. There are people who have experienced church hurt based upon what other people in the church have said and done. And maybe they've they've done it with good intentions, but it's been done in a way that has just left a sour taste. How are we right now when it comes to influencing people? And you may say, man, all my friends are Christians. Okay, great, cool. I love that for you. Who then are you influencing? You may be having the iron that sharpens iron experience, but who are you discipling? Who are you reaching for Christ? So as I sign off in this episode of The Journey, my prayer for you is that we begin to take, and for myself, as we begin to take a look at our relationships, we ask God, will you help us as we navigate, whether or not some adjustments need to be made? Maybe we have some inner circle friends who just are not sharpening us in a way that needs to be, Right? Maybe when we're around them, we turn very negative and toxic ourselves. Maybe we, we add to the gossip and it's just not a great, it's not a great experience. And so maybe some adjustments, adjustments need to be made. And maybe that's just us adjusting to how we are acting and what we are saying and doing, which is going to be hard because then our friends are going to be like, who are you? Why are you acting like that? Right? So maybe some adjustments need to be made and that might be difficult. Not necessarily saying you need to cut off and walk away from things, but maybe you do and maybe the Holy Spirit will reveal that to you. And I pray maybe if you're in a place where you're feeling lonely and you're like, I have nobody. You asked me to talk about my inner circle and my outer circle and I have nobody to write down on my paper. I'm going to pray that the Lord would send resources to you in the form of people. That you would open your eyes and look at those people who are around you and say, God, who is it in my life right now who I encounter on a daily basis that could be that for me? If you're going to a church and you're not involved in a small group or you're not serving on a team and you're not rubbing shoulders with people, I encourage you to do that. Be purposeful about establishing relationships with people, those who are believers and those who are non-believers. And I pray above all else that the Lord would be honored and glorified in every single relationship that each one of us has. Thanks for listening to The Journey. I'd love to connect with you and hear your story and how you are journeying with Jesus. You can go to my website, leahmenzi.wixsite.com slash the-journey and click the contact tab to connect with me through the form, email me at leahmenzie at gmail.com, or check me out on Instagram and send me a private message. Until next time, journey on.